Welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Dietrich. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I am Taj. I'm Taj? <laughs> I was going go. for Gregorian chants. You know, nah, nah, it, it'll go. make sense later on. Go ahead and get the regular one in. We need all the happiness we can get. Uh-huh. I'm Taj! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the show. For those who have been with us, thank you for listening. For those who haven't been with us, what we do here at uh, Choice Tracks is we have two sides. Same thing as the album. Flip over to side A, we have a theme and we have songs that we each personally bring up in order to match that theme. And when you flip over to side B, we have some homework somebody gave us, but we need to go back and listen to an album. And once we listen to the album, we give our critiques and our best tracks that we each like on that album. And sometimes we disagree, but for the most part, we still love each other. So uh, as it stands, this is going to be kind of a somber situation, but it's one that needs to be brought up. Um, if you listen to our podcast and you know, we did one segment that was talking about the day of the music died. Um, it was a, a sad situation. We were talking about those artists that died on a plane crash. Um, you know, those situations happen. Individuals pass via car crash, plane crash, things of that nature. We know that we can't control those type of situations, but it seems to be a running situation going on right now where you've got individuals that are having their lives taken by other individuals and out of violent situations that could have been avoided had one or two people had calmer heads. Um, and because of that, we lost out because of the music that they brought to the world. And so this episode was kind of dear to me for a couple of reasons. One is um, I'm definitely still involved in hip hop as far as uh, being a, a, an advocate for hip hop, as far as being a lover of hip hop, being a DJ, um, still help give advice to open common artists. If anybody asks me any questions, I give that out. But then I've also seen a slew of artists that have been you know, taken from this earth um, far too soon from what they were given uh, to the world. And so um, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, brought me to a, to a middle ground place where I didn't know where to go with that. So I wanted to use this part of the platform in order to shed light on certain artists that each one of us thought of um, in this type of situation and, and how we could try to help somebody else maybe navigate away from those situations and, and try to try to help somebody else in the process. Um, you know, so my particular artist that I picked up is one that's really close to me because we go over the same hometown. Um, I have friends who have been around this individual. I have family members who have been around this individual. I met this individual a couple of times and one of the coolest cats you'll ever meet. But at the same time, um, definitely had things that he had to work out. But the way in which he was taken out of this world was not the way that it should have been. And it was all about misunderstandings and arguments from childhood friends. And that that, in a sense, should never be, especially when it's somebody that you used to play with, somebody that you've known forever and a day. And my artist is known as Mo3. Mo3 is a Dallas artist um, who was definitely up and coming as far as the national scene goes. Um, there was another particular artist that he wound up having a beef with um, by the name of Yellow Beezy. And so... Um, that particular beef started from other situations that happened because they were still one foot in, one foot out, you know, had associates involved in the streets and, and they had their own individual tiffs back and forth. Um, but how it goes is this particular artist, I'll talk about, you know, how everything went and then I'll go into the song choice. Um, he was literally on an upward trajectory 
Um, he had major labels and other artists that wanted to sign him to their label. Um, he was in prison in and out a couple of times, but then he started off on YouTube and on Facebook and, and Instagram singing. And it's kind of like a sing rapping type situation where he, he definitely could do both. Very talented individual. Um, and when it came to his music, he was, he was buried for the realness of what was going on. He would give it to you, you know, straight raw, uncut. Um, but he had a melodic sound to it. So it made it easier for anybody to listen to, not just hardcore hip hop. Um, on top of that, uh, the individual that he was beefing with, Yellow Beasy, had a similar type of sound. Um, but you know, they both came up out of Oak Cliff together. So, um, he was born in McKinney, but you know, came up in the Oak Cliff type situation. And so long story short, there was an individual, uh, comedian who was big on YouTube and, and Facebook at the time. Um, that individual was Roy Lee Pate. Uh, Roy Lee was, was good friends with, uh, Mo3. And then tragically, somebody gunned down Roy Lee on his way back home. Um, he actually was in the hospital for two weeks. Um, looked like he was going to make it, but he had complications due to, you know, blood filling up in his lungs and he wasn't able to surprise or survive the situation. So he succumbed to his wounds. Um, that started a whole Dallas beef, um, mainly between, um, Mo3 and Yellow Beasy. Now, there is another individual involved by the name of Chapboy Freddy, um, that, you know, was continuously trying to move that beef along. Whereas Yellow Beasy was really trying to focus on the music. He would also get involved in some of the shenanigans on, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, going back and forth from Mo3. Mo3 would definitely go back and forth with him. There was a situation where they beat up Mo3's manager on site. And then, um, Yellow Beasy got shot. But before manager got beat up, Yellow Beasy was shot in the process about two weeks after, uh, Roy Lee died. So he was up in the hospital intensive care. Um, he actually survived his wounds and actually came out of it and uh, made a better situation and really tried to focus on the music. Um, that being said, there was still the internal beefs that were going back and forth. And um, in 2020, um, both three was actually en route to go see an individual on I-35. And for those who know, Texas, I-35 is one of the biggest highways that run all the way through the state uh, as much as possible. But um, in Dallas, on I-35, on his way to go meet an individual, he was chased down by uh, several individuals in another car. They actually smashed his car. Uh, he crashed on the highway where these individuals proceeded to get out of the car and shoot multiple rounds into his vehicle, thus killing him on sight. Um and, you know, one of the songs that really stuck out or got him his notoriety was called Everybody. Everybody ain't your friend. Everybody ain't your partner. Everybody ain't no real nigga. If I say I got you, I got you. When it's fucked up, and get fucked up. And what he was talking about in that song was so true to the fact because he was saying everybody's not your friend. Everybody's not your partner. You know, everybody's not going to hold you down when they need to. Um, everybody's really, you know, got to be there, especially if you're down and out, you know, not everybody's going to be able to, to, to say that they stick with you and not go hold you down and keep people from talking behind your back. Um, at the same time, he's saying that he would, and he would be a true friend and is not going to backstab you or treat you like anybody different. And so that was one of the songs that subsequently they were actually singing at his funeral. Um, if you saw any of the videos, they were actually there at the funeral, playing that song and singing this song um, in tribute to him because that was the type of individual that he came across to be. So 
I had no issues with him. I had no issues with Yellow Beezy. I had no issues with Chowboy Freddy. I wish them all the best in whatever they were doing. But just for the fact that this individual lost his life due to disagreements and how that came about, that was a crazy situation. So, fellas, I'm going to throw it your way. Uh, what do y'all think about Mo3, everybody? So, is it unsolved then? As far as- <laughs> well, there were three there were three individuals that were arrested. Um, there were video cameras and video footage. Individuals were different phone footage and, and also surveillance footage on the actual highway or different cameras that they did were able to recognize the car. They were able to capture three individuals um, and arrest them for those situations. So mm-hmm. um, it looks like, you know, they were brought to justice uh, for the most part, but for the reasons behind the scenes, there's a lot of speculation. They were saying that he was set up. Uh, they were saying that the female that he was going to see was actually working with the ops or what we call the opposition. Um, gotcha. There was, you know, there was a whole lot of, 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 play behind the scenes of what's going on and ear to the street will tell you that it was a setup job and, and you know she was the one that called him over and they knew where he was going to be and they took him out on site <clears throat> man it, that's yeah that's rough like yeah it but i mean with the song like it, it totally makes a lot of sense especially because i was going to ask about the the childhood friend part because that part in the song is like crazy because see he has that line in there it's like you know you know it homies i think he said something in your neighborhood and then they want to take you out you're like shit like it's just like because he's specifically calls that out and it's crazy but yeah that song was kind of amazing because yeah he like you said he's being true and then the the whole like it's interesting because it's kind of like a i can't trust anybody but you can trust me like i'm gonna you know i know i can't trust anyone and i know that's it's kind of like a kind of like a weird house thing like it's a problem person but at the same time you still want that person on your side and Mm -hmm. and and that's that was interesting like he's like i know i have trust issues but you can trust me i got your back if i say i got your back and so but yeah so but but i liked it for that so yeah cool thank you thank you i i had never heard of of this artist um and you know that that story is really tragic and unfortunate and it should never happen things like that shouldn't happen um it's it's really sad especially you know to see someone's life taken short and an artist who you know potentially could have you know was at the start of their career and could have been you know really successful yeah you, you know you never know and that's that's disappointing um and and the song you know i i did like the song um you had kind of said something about the the melody which was different than, you know, hardcore rap. Um, you know, I think it's, it's definitely more ex- accessible than some of the other, uh, some of the other rap that's out there. Um, and, and I think with that kind of melody and that kind of voice, like, it's a shame because what could have been, you know, like definitely, definitely when you have that kind of, kind of beat, you know, like I think could have found an audience. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that maybe he was mostly known more regional than yes. he was like, you know, he, he didn't really hit the national spotlight. Um, he didn't I'm get assuming. the chance to. There were, there were right. several artists that were wanting to sign him that would have put them on right. that platform. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's just, that's too bad. Cause I, I do think that 
he had the talent, you know, and he never he was never given the chance. And and that really sucks because I I did like the song um, and and uh, I, I did like the beat. I like the melody and uh, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was good. And it's just it's too bad. His life was cut short because, you know, had talent. Who knows what would have happened? Exactly. Damon, what you got? Man? Yeah, I agree. That's yeah, it's definitely a tragedy. Any death is a tragedy like this with a with an artist that's it's M O O three M O three. Yeah, it's Mo three. Mo three. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, short lived. I mean, probably has a lot of lot of stuff for a short lived career, but that that's that just happens with a lot of too many artists, I think. And this is similar to other rappers like um, Tupac and is it is Biggie Smalls? Yep. Yeah, they both Good got job. shot down, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I was trying to remember because I know I've heard a lot of his stuff and I like his stuff too. But yeah, I like this 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 song is. I, I think you picked it maybe maybe because it does kind of talk about his career with how he's. He's got other people or individuals after him, as well as the law. <laughs> like he's kind of running from everybody. It, which is, it, did he create yeah, his own demise? I mean, got you got to, you know. I wouldn't say he was running from everybody. What I would say is yeah. he had he had beef with specific individuals, but those mm-hmm. individuals had ties to a lot of people. So whenever you're going against somebody. And you've got a following, and they've got a following. All it takes is one word just to make something happen. And essentially, that's what kind of happened. Um, not saying that one person made one word or the other, but you know, when, when one person knows that you don't like them, especially nowadays, it is so easy to pick up a gun. It is so easy to have what you call ops. Somebody could look at you and you think they're looking at you wrong when in actuality they weren't looking at you at all, but you're right. immediately offended. And these these folks nowadays or these kids nowadays, I'll call them kids because I'm old, but these kids nowadays, <laughs> they literally don't have restraint. They they will say anything to you at any point, any time. If they feel any kind of disrespect, it's on and you don't know who's packing what. And it makes it very, very scary to be out here in this time because as you can see with um, takeoff from the Migos. Um, yeah. Anybody can get it in any situation. And he had nothing to do with that situation. But because he was a part of a group that had a disagreement, he was taken out. And yeah. that's that's crazy because the group that he was with that was there was supposed to be protecting. So just just for that fact alone, like we, we go out drinking and we're all going in a group. And next thing you know, because we're in our group, somebody has a disagreement and somebody tries to take one of us out for what we, we were sitting there drinking beers like we we had no issues with anybody. We were literally minding our business. But that's the mentality that's going on out here today. And it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah, I guess like maybe an argument is, is it is it the lifestyle of a rapper? Is it the lifestyle of somebody that? maybe just chose the wrong path or the wrong friends. Um, Cause if, if you're hanging out with people that can't, you know, they can't handle it if they think you don't like them or something was said and they're going to pick up a gun. I guess anybody could do that. It happens with school shootings. It happens with, um, mm-hmm. you know, just individuals going to campuses, you know, 
like mm-hmm. that's a school shooting, but um, movie theaters, you know, lately I've heard a lot, you know, of, of shootings, not just gangs and rappers. That's right. That's a stereotype, but it also does kind of follow along with the life that people have led. And that's their journey. That's their story. And that's what they were. A lot of people rap about, yeah. you know, and just like this, the violence they grew up with and what they're surrounded by. I guess it kind of, it kind of, some people can get out of it and other people, it just it gets carried with them. And yeah, I, I wish that he was able to just sing about it and be done with the, the actuality of it, but they yeah. followed him to the grave. Yeah. We just look at the Walmart shooting. But uh, the manager came back in and literally started fucking shots at people that he didn't like because they didn't like him or they made fun of him. And he had other individuals that he let go because they didn't do anything to him. It's just like, how do you draw a line? How where, yeah. What makes you to the point where you want to do something to somebody, but, you know, not somebody else? It's like, why don't you just quit and get another job and do something go somewhere else or Right. Like we've got so many different options in the world, but some people feel like they don't have options. And because of that, the music suffers. And, you know, this yeah. is just one of those instances where that happened. Right. So, Brandon, what you got next for you, buddy? Yeah. So um, this is a very somber topic. And uh, I'm not going to talk much about the death of this artist. Rather, I'm going to celebrate the life of the artist. And the artist that I chose is John Lennon. Um, everybody knows John Lennon. If you don't look it up, um, I mean, he, he's one of the biggest musicians of all time. He, uh, he was with the Beatles and then he had a short lived solo career. His life was cut down, you know, way too early. Um, he, he, he was murdered in 1980. I don't really want to talk about how I don't want to talk about who did it because I don't want to give that guy any more attention or any time. Um, so I wanted to talk about the song that I chose and that song that I chose was instant karma. We all shine on. Instant karma's going to get you. Going to knock you right on the head. You better get yourself together. That was the song I picked. It came out in February 1970, and this was a song that John Lennon did. It's credited to John Lennon and Yoko Ono with the Plastic Ono Band. Um, it's a song that I've always loved. It's definitely one of my favorite solo uh, solo um, singles that, that John Lennon did. It was actually a single, um, and what's really interesting about the song is that it was actually conceived, written, recorded, and released in 10 days. Um, he wrote the song in only an hour, and then he ended up calling some buddies. I'm like, dude, you guys got to come over. We got to do this. He called like George Harrison. He had Phil Spector come produce it. Um, and it is, um, what's what I want to look for? It's a, it was a, like in the top, top five singles. Uh, when it came out on the UK and US charts. Uh, it was also the first solo single by a Beatle to sell more than a million copies. Um, I really enjoy the song. I really like the vocals. I really like the message in it. Um, you know, I, I just, I just think it's, it's a great song. Um, you know, John Lennon was a massive talent. And I, I, you know, I really wish I, we, we could have heard more music from him. Um, I, I just I think he was incredible and I think he would have continued to be incredible 
and who knows, you know, what what he would have accomplished in in his life. Um, but in that short life that he did have, his music is incredible, whether it was with the Beatles or his own solo albums. And this is one of my one of my favorite songs by him. And uh, curious to see what you guys think. So I, I want. Yeah, I mean, I, I commend you. Uh, I'm not speaking on his murder because it, it's weird because like the little bit that I remember about it is the guy did it to be famous and he deserves to be forgotten <laughs> in a sense. Like, you the, you know, that happened, but you don't re- need to remember his name because that's just giving into what why he did it. And so I personally don't remember his name. I just I choose to forget it because that was a stupid reason to do it. <laughs> so. And that's why his name, you know, should be forgotten. Like, um, but yeah, the, it's, it's an amazing song. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I've heard it before for sure. Um, one, it, well, I had two small things. So sorry. It, it's weird to think what would have happened if John Lennon had lived. Um, it's crazy. Cause I have a card game, <laughs> uh, where uh, you can change moments in history. And supposedly, like, if John Lennon lived, then the Columbine shooting wouldn't happen, wouldn't have happened. I don't know how that link happens. But but the other thing is, like, you know, I think Paul and John liked each other enough. They just need a break. It, I think at some point they would have gone back together and done something together. And that would have just been – I mean, John on his own would have been crazy. But the fact that Paul and John came back together, like, 10 years later – you know that would have happened, and like the music history that that would have made would have been amazing. So, but yeah. Yeah, man, that that was a kick-ass song, bro. Um, I, I will be the first to admit up front, I was never a Yoko Ono fan. Call <laughs> 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 me crazy. We can have those arguments over beer. I'm 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 not gonna trip on that. But the song itself was a beautiful song. Um. Definitely understood everything that he was doing with that. And what I will say is that's he is the representation of what we're talking about today. Music that was cut short, uh, artists gone too soon and and, you know, type of things that we can never get back because somebody's creativity. You can't duplicate that. You know what I'm saying? When somebody has a free spirit and, and, a, and, a, and a good heart and and just just all around great musician. You you cannot you cannot take that. Like you can't sit up here and act like that's you know okay. So just for the fact I'm not gonna give name to the individual that did that either. Um, I'm just gonna say that um I wasn't a Yoko Ono fan, but I do love the song and I am I'm definitely a fan of Lennon. Always will be and rest peace. So yeah, I def I I love this song. I I think I think the Beatles are great. Uh, so can't I can't say anything bad about stuff that they've put out. I was I was pretty impressed with how uh, John Lennon definitely had he had a pretty big uh, you know dis- discography before he passed away. And I know that Yoko helped him with that even after he was gone. Um, she she definitely could you know made sure that nobody took over his music and. Um, yeah, there's there's debate back and forth whether she did good on that or not. But yeah, I think I think that uh yeah, great great song. I love this song. I think a lot of John Lennon stuff, solo stuff is yeah, it's definitely number one in my book. 
and I can always sing along to it whenever it comes on. But yeah, this is a this is a really cool song for Unity. Uh, a lot of his music was to bring people together. Um, very spiritual person, you know. And who knows? Like you said, Taj, who knows where he would be today? What what music would be like? You know. But I know he, his son Julian Lennon, he's done a lot of really cool stuff. And um, yeah, I just yeah, I, I definitely respect the Beatles in general, but. John Lennon and this song, good pick, Brandon. Staying on track <laughs> for this season. Well, thank you. So I, I do have a question since we, we are in the holidays and it is John Lennon. Do you, I just think War is Over Now is kind of a weird Christmas song. I know it's it, a great, I, it's a great song, man. It is a great song, but is it, a, I mean, the only reason it's a Christmas song is because the line saying this is Christmas. Like, I don't know. It seems like a, it's kind of like dark, Die Hard being a Christmas movie. <laughs> War is over now. It's like the right. Die Hard. But I mean, how many songs. Christmas songs? There's so many Christmas songs that don't even say Christmas, but invoke the spirit of Christmas. Right. So why can't the song not necessarily for you evoke the feeling of Christmas, but they say Christmas in it? Right. I gotcha. <laughs> So, and it's uh, a great song. It is a great song. I I agree. It's just it's it, it's just a kind of a, an interesting song because the first half like totally Christmas song, and then the second half you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just mad you tried to take away from Die Hard. Like, <laughs> really? You tried to say that was a Christmas movie? That's that's where we're going. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah, all right. So, mm-hmm. okay. Who's next there, Dietrich? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I was going to go with you. We tried to talk down on Die Hard. So, oh, Damon. Damon. Yeah, all right. Tell me what you got for me, buddy. Um, yeah, so I, I I picked an artist that lost his life due to lots of different situations. I think they were going out at the time. Uh, this is Michael Hutchins. The band is in excess. Um, yeah, so the... Uh, the tragedy is definitely a little different than than what happened to the artist that you picked. So he had um, he had taken his own life in a hotel room. Um, I think he hung himself in a hotel room, which has happened with a couple other artists. And when that when that kind of thing happens, you got a, a lot of fans and a lot of people around that person's life start asking questions and. Well, they never seemed like they would do that, you know, and uh, or why would you want to do that if you're famous? They were on tour um, in uh, 97. They were supposed to finish their tour in Australia. That's where he's from. And uh, um, that's where he was found, too, in a hotel. But, uh, yeah, they never got to the end of that. But he had a custody battle with his kids, and he was really going through a lot of issues with that. And so some stuff didn't go his way and, um, you know, that, that ended a really great musician's life that, you know, I think, I think there would have been a lot more stuff come out. Uh, the song I picked was Never Tear Us Apart. Two worlds united and they could never tear us apart. And this is um, off of NXS, his album Kick. Which I hope to, uh, I don't know if I'd be breaking the rules, but maybe later on down the road, pick that as an album. But um be a tragedy if I didn't. And uh, maybe I'll just take that song out of it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
we'll have to talk about that, guys. But uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that when I heard about this too, I think it, it was like my senior year in high school, and I was like really getting into this music in high school. My sister really liked this band, and you know, I'd, one of the, one of the bands that I just found out about, you know, as younger a younger dude. And so hearing that someone took their life, you know, or you know, yeah, that was ended in in a way that it shouldn't have. You know, especially for a younger person, it's kind of hard to take that too. But on the good side too, they put out a lot of good music, and you can hear a lot of songs from Inexcess Excess's album Kick. Uh, this is probably one of their best sell- selling albums as well. Um, on newer stuff, I think there's some Netflix series that play a couple of their songs, and you you'll, you'll hear their stuff all over the place. Uh, definitely a legend in his own right. And uh, so, what do y'all think? What do you think about that? Well, I, I am a fan of the song. I mean, I've heard it multiple times. And you, I definitely, you know, heard In Excess a lot growing up. Um, I mean, they were they were on the radio a lot. They were on MTV a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i always enjoyed the music. And I, I, I like his, I liked his, his vocals. And um, this is definitely one of, one of their more popular songs. And it's... You know, it's popular because, you know, not only is it, you know, one of their biggest hits, but it's actually good, too. So that that's always nice. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. nice when a big hit is actually a good song. Um, you know. Not just big for some weird, like... Right, like, why does everyone like this song? Shit. Like, oh, yeah. I, okay, Pretty I can good. see why everyone likes this song. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's great. I, I've always been a fan of it. Um, it is... It is very very sad what what happened and you know again it's another another example of like what could have been like where would he be today and um you know would nxs like still be around like i i know that they were around and they had different a different uh like uh artists but i don't know if they're still they're still a band i have no idea so but um anyway because they were on, they had that show, like, CBS had, like, some reality show called Rockstar. And I think, like, the first season, if I'm not mistaken, they were trying to find a, a lead vocal for In Excess. So, yeah, they something like another, that. Another vocalist. I, for some reason, that's, that's, um, that, that, that blows my mind that I don't know who that was, but they're not together, I don't think now. I think they were together till, like, 2012. I think that's when they ended. So, yeah. Um, so definitely they were still, there was a, there were a band after Michael Hutchins, but that's the NXS that I, that I liked. That's the one I, you know, the band that I remember, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not always the end of a band when the lead singer is gone, but sometimes it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was, it was, uh, first I season so. was Rockstar NXS. And they're looking for a lead singer. And I think the winner was a guy named J.D. Fortune. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Vaguely. I vaguely remember that. Anyway. But, I mean, it's hard to replace somebody like Michael Michael Hutchinson. Hutchins. Sorry. Michael Hutchins. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, definitely phenomenal vocalist. But just, just really good band. I mean, fuck. Anyway. So, um, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, so, uh, I, I knew the song. Uh, I've, I've never listened to any other albums of theirs, but I, I know that one. I, I probably may know a couple of other songs. I don't know if I heard them, but 
<laughs> Diedrich seems to think yes. He's uh, uh, you no. Know. Yeah, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do that album as a choice album. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so, anyway, but uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, get on the bag. A really good song for for sure. So, but yeah, um, so I, I enjoyed it for sure. And it's one of those that you enjoy every time you, you hear it. So, yeah. Okay, like for so, sure, dude. For sure. Yeah, like for sure. totally. <laughs> for reals. For reals. <laughs> for reals. Let's give you a Katy Perry album to go listen to. Oh, You'll man. be fine. No, it's straight. So this is what I was going to say about NXS. This is just me. This is my opinion. Nobody else. Um, at the time, I would put NXS and YouTube on the slam platform during the height of their 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 you know their run so to speak before he passed um only because there were so many songs like on the album that you're talking about and just singles and and vibes of, of music that they were coming across that I can literally go back and listen to all day just because that's who they are. You know what I'm saying? The band itself was incredible. The music that they were coming out with was incredible. They stood themselves out definitely from the pack. Them and you two to me did that. So um, the fact that when he passed, uh, it literally you know shut down any hope of them reaching to that platform, which I think had everything gone the way it was supposed to, they they might have hit that trajectory. You never know. You never know with the artist what's going to come out of them or with the band what's going to happen with them. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things. It's like we know that there's fate involved. We know that there's a time frame for everything, but man, like. Had you had like a little bit more time, some other stuff could have came out. Uh, you know, we never know. It might have been another reason for the band to break up altogether. It may have been just in general, they may have came out and won like a whole shitload of Grammys. Uh, if he would have stuck around, whatever the type of situation may be, like you don't know until you know, but we're not going to know in this instance. And even though they, they had that, that, uh, show in order to try to replace that individual, it's not the same. It's not the same. Individuals are not the same. It's not the same when it's, you know, somebody that um, was so instrumental in the band being popular just based on his presence of voice. So it was a great song, great pick. You know, I definitely love In Excess. I definitely want you to do that album. And, you know, man, one of the things that sucks. Yeah, he's like 37 years old. So, yeah. Okay. He's, he's fucking young. Going through all that shit in your head and the fame and everything else that you got going on, you know, there's got to be so much stress involved. And so yeah. some people, you know, it kind of was almost like it almost looks like he was like being battered back and forth with this whole custody thing. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's people on his side that said someone else drove him to this. And then people on the other side were saying maybe, you know, it was, it was definitely all all of his own issues, but I mean, when it comes down to it, the man's gone, you know? Yeah. If only, if only Mrs. Doubtfire was out, then he would have learned a better way to deal with custody battles. Dude. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Okay. Like I said, go listen to Katy Perry album. We'll, we'll, we'll be right wow. back. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Tosh. I think he's forfeited any word he can say about that song. Uh, just anymore. Or any, he doesn't even get to listen to NXS anymore. Okay. Hey, Tosh, you realize that the lead actor in that movie did pretty much the same thing, right? I know that's Yeah. I wasn't going to go there. But, uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, bro. I, I, <laughs> I know. I know. That's, okay. The style fire was good, movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it was all about custody battle. Like, he couldn't handle not losing his kids, so he had to dress up as a woman. That's... <laughs> So yeah, I, don't, I somehow think the shenanigans of Mustafar wouldn't have fixed Michael Hutchins' <laughs> his issues uh, in his career. <laughs> didn't <laughs> fix it. If anything, it was kind of a good thing we didn't have TMZ out and, and you know <laughs> in the back, back in the day because that definitely would have made the news. <laughs> Somebody would have called him out on that shit. <laughs> like it's just, it's just it's... so yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, uh, yeah. all right. Um, okay. So I had previously for an album pick, I had done Selena. So I didn't want to do Selena for this. So I did research. Um, and so I was trying to find, there was, I went through different artists that had violent deaths. So I found an artist whose music I did like. Um, they were kind of cut short. They're probably not that well known. I didn't know them that well, to be honest. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to kind of explain why I feel like this artist like deserved, you know, kind of a light shown on them. So um, the artist that I picked, his name, the one that had the violent death, uh, his name is uh, Brian uh, Harvey. So he was part of uh, a band uh, first called uh, the Daddies, uh, but he was kind of a college duo. And the main band that his last band that he was part of was called House of Freaks. Um, and so they were referred as kind of like a, um, what was that, college band? They said, was it a college band? Uh, so it was him and one other guy. Um, so he played guitar. The other guy played drums. Uh, for some reason, they, um, uh, what was it? Sorry, I'm looking here. That, that uh, it was, um, I'm trying to think of the music magazine. Uh <laughs> Uh, Rolling Stones, that's what it was, uh, kind of referred to them as like kind of an, an early white stripes, which I, I kind of see, kind of don't see. They kind of has like a 90s vibe to me. But um, the thing was, he um, and the drum mate had just broken up. Um, and so the main reason why they broken up the, the band was uh, because uh, the drummer was kind of complaining about too much uh, electric drum beats in the background. So like too much pedal working. It's like, what am I here for <laughs> if you're going to have, you know, drum beats? Um, so the thing was, he had just finished recording his solo album. So this was kind of like the third, he had done a his third thing, right? And so he had just finished recording his third album uh, with the um, album maker Gumball um, or the producer Gumball. They've never released his album. Like, so he died and then they've never released his his solo album for some reason. Um, so the other thing was uh, he had two kids. Um, and so I'm going to kind of get into what happened. <laughs> um, so in 2006, the this whole thing ended up calling being called the 2006 Richmond uh, Spree Murders. Um, so there was um, a, a attack. Well, there was a murder in 2005 and then an attack in, in 2005, like December 31st, uh, on January 1st uh, of 2006. Um, it was a, basically a home invasion. Um, they uh, tied up uh, the, um, the the husband and the wife and one of the daughters downstairs. Um, one of the daughters came home from a sleepover. So they untied the wife, had her 
get the other daughter. Um, and so a uh, neighbor kind of saw that she was paled and looked weird, but didn't say anything. And then so then they tied all four of them downstairs, ended up killing them. Um, and so they yeah. And so they still went to another house, you know, hurt some people. And then like it was two guys and a girl. The girl that was with them ended up getting killed by the two guys anyways. That And so it's kind of a weird thing. So like this whole murder spree happened. But then like the community like in Richmond area, like has like, you know, the daughter has like a garden at one of the schools she used to go to and another school for the other daughter has stuff. So like it's kind of turned into this local thing in kind of the, the Richmond area um, about them. Um, so the the songs I picked. Well, OK, so I picked one song, which was um, Rocking Chair. Uh, which is off of the the um, their was it their first album? Sorry, I'm trying to see. So the album I picked, the two songs I picked the album off of were Cakewalk because those were the main ones that uh, they only released like two albums really. Uh, but he wrote most of the songs on Cakewalk, so I I picked Rocking Chair, um, and then the other song that I picked as extra credit just kind of to show the range of music was A Good Man. Um, so just another kind of weird karma thing before I throw it to you guys. Uh, there are three most uh, there are three most popular songs uh, for uh, House of Freaks. Uh, was, oh, hang on. Let me go back there. Was uh, Rocking Chair, Sun Goes Down, and When the Hammer Comes Down, which is kind of poetic in the macabre way because they were actually killed by hammers to the back of the head. Oh. So, <laughs> right. So you're like, uh... That's super macabre, but yeah, I just wanted to, I didn't pick that song, but uh, yeah, so yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. So yeah, but as far as the songs, like I really like the songs. I, I thought they kind of remind me of like 90s and, and it's one of those things, like if he wrote the songs, like he, he was, I mean, his solo album never came out. We never know. I mean, there was referrals to him to like Lyle Lovett, like their style was kind of like, and so, you know, yeah, he was in his fifties. So, but I'm not sure. I mean, who's to say that, you know, he would made something and then if nothing else, like his daughters, you know, you know, because sometimes, you know, growing up in the musical family, you know, that it's the second generation that doesn't make the same mistakes as the first that become bigger music stars. So, but that's where, you know, kind of with like Selena, because like the dad was in music, but she became the bigger music person, but mostly because the dad knew what not to do <laughs> in a sense. So that's where um, it, I just kind of feel that, I mean, the whole death as itself is a tragedy, but as a loss to music, you know, uh, I think there's some music that was lost there for sure. So, so um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did this podcast become a true crime podcast? <laughs> This is way too heavy, man, for what we do here. I promise for the rest of the year I won't bring this up. Well, yeah, it's like one more month. Yeah, twenty three. Could be different. This is like the murder house episode. Yeah, dude. Like I'm like, come on, choice guys. tracks, choice like, slashes. Welcome right. to the happiest time of the year, December, guys. Right. Wait a minute, um, choice tracks. It's like a double. Meaning, okay. Ultimate okay. playlist podcast for murders, all right. <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah. All right. So I'm just going to talk about the music because I, yeah. I don't, I don't have any, I, I, I have nothing to add I, to it other than like, <laughs> let's just get back to the music next week, huh? <laughs> what do you say? Um, uh, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed the song. What it was very it sounded very familiar, and I don't know if that's because I might have heard it or it reminds me of something else. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. Like I. I should probably listen to some other music by them because I, I did like it. I mean, both times I, I listened to it a couple times and both times I enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I, I was not really too familiar with the band, uh, as were you. You right. weren't familiar with the band either. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like the music. I thought it was good. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what else they have. And, you know, definitely, definitely seemed like, he was he was pretty talented, so you know another waste, man. Like shouldn't have happened, and uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and, yeah. And, but I, you should totally do a true crime podcast, Taj. <laughs> I, I kind of felt uncomfortable while you were talking about it. So anyway, well, my whole thing pretty is, fucked up scenario. Yeah, no, like, it's so, it was even the way Taj was describing it. He's gonna be like, feel very you know, uncomfortable. Oh my god. Like he, he, I don't know, it just ugh. wasn't that kind of goofy how they killed like, him. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was, it was his own. It was, like, was so weird. I, <laughs> but it was fucked up, guys. It was fucked yeah. up. No, and I know Taj. I know Taj feels that way. It was just, it was like his, his. I don't know. It's the way he was saying it. It was just like you know, like there was this weird like dichotomy to it. I don't know. Right. Anyway, yeah. uh, this Americans. This American life, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right. Uh, it was, it was, it's a, it's an interesting story. Anytime, I mean, I I recently have been watching like Unsolved Mysteries because my wife likes the show, <laughs> and I liked it back in the day. But now I'm just like, do we really need to rehash all this fucked up shit that's going on? <laughs> I like to know what's going on, but do I really? And yeah, <laughs> to, to see a band like this reminds me of the '90s too, Taj. Like, uh, like the band like Deep Blue something. They did like a song, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's song, right? That kind of stuff. Um, there's a few bands that this reminds me of, but I think that, uh, yeah, overall, that's a, that's a tragedy. It's it's very upsetting when you know somebody well known is murdered. Um, and I guess like the killers don't always know what who they are, right? you know. Maybe I guess it's like a wake up call for like that neighborhood, and they need you know maybe some safety measures need to be in place. I don't know. But what do you do when you know something like that happens, and then somebody's career is cut short? You know, it just sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then his whole family. I mean, that's that's a that's quite a tragedy. That's yeah. definitely a doozy. Oh my gosh. But I did like I did like the song and I like like Brandon said I, I want to hear more of it. But now I can't get that out of my fucking head. <laughs> that like there's just this brutal murder and you know like anytime yeah. any of those movies where someone breaks into your fucking house that's that always that gets to me because <laughs> we all have a house so I guess we can all relate to the fear of that you know yeah, yeah. shit. Well, thanks, Taj. Taj, <laughs> come on, Taj. Ah, uh, sorry. So, what would you think, Dietrich, of the of the songs? <laughs> well, shit, I was gonna trash the song, but now, <laughs> yeah, now you'll be 
right? Feeling yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that was like, damn, you just took that away from me. So, okay. Um, nah, no I, I was going to say, it's not a bad song. Um, I don't see necessarily, I couldn't necessarily feel it for my taste. Gotcha. As a token, though, when you telling the story and everything behind it, it's like, damn, like almost makes you want to like, like it out of sympathy for the situation. It's like, uh, I don't know right. how to act now. Um, all and, in all. Yeah. And oh, I'm, sti- I'm still wondering why they won't release his solo album. Like it, that's what's weird. Right. Like, it's probably a yeah. rights. He's not here to say yay or nay. Well, it's not even about that. It's when you're talking about album, who owns the album? The label, nine times out of ten, will own the album. If they don't think they're going to make a lot of sales off of it, they're not going to put it out. Or if they don't have a big push behind it in order to keep it going, what's the point in putting it out? Like most posthumous albums that come out are those that, you know, they still have some kind of, of, of cult following for that particular individual. You know what I'm saying? That's why they can always go back and, and try to re-release Prince's music. They can always go back and try to re-release uh, Kurt Cobain's music. You know, they can always do that because they always have a cult following. If this is somebody that was on an up and coming tip, didn't really have that following behind them, the story is not really going to carry it enough in order to put that music out to sell it. Or there might be copyright uh, infringements or, or, or other, other acts of the label that's involved. And the reason why they won't put it out is because they don't want to get sued by anybody, especially his family. Um, the family estate, you know, anytime you put out some music by somebody and they're not here in order to say what to do with it, the family is automatically goes to because they want those rights. They want that money. Oh, I gotcha. So that's that's another reason why you don't put it out is because why put yourself in that type of situation? So, I mean, it's crazy either way, man. But damn. Yeah. You, you kind of trumped everything that everybody said. <laughs> so. All right. Um, <laughs> Can we get closer to finishing this episode? Um, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to flip the record over to side B. So at this time, oh, okay. let's okay. flip that record. Okay. All right. side B. So, oh, yeah, man. We're, awesome. We're, we're going to drop the needle on, on side Holy B shit. here. So last episode, uh, Dietrich had some homework for us, and there was an album he selected for us to listen to. So, Dietrich, why don't you take it away? All right, so I'm going to keep this kind of short and sweet because we've already been on this for a whole little minute now, and everybody kind of gets the vibe of what's going on. The reason why I picked this theme is because the artist that's involved in this situation was one of those artists that was taken too soon, one of those artists that was involved in a tragic death, and one of those artists that had somebody with a cooler head would have prevailed. This situation wouldn't have happened, and we still have the music to live on today, Um, especially this particular album because... This came out at a time when he was seeing all of the violence and all of the, the tragedies that were going on around, you know, his neck of the woods and, and, and around his people in general. And so he put out this particular album to kind of like mend that, to kind of switch it a different way to get people to think like, what's really going on? What, what are we doing out here? So, so clearly the name of the album is What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. It's a 1971 album. It's considered to be um, one of, if not the best album that he put out um, by many, many different artists and different individuals. It has so many different charts, so many different um, you know, monikers behind it, um, so many different awards. Uh, but for the most part, this, this album came out at a time where it needed to, people really needed to hear it. And he's one of those artists that had transcended like 
different types of just genre of music. He was one of those artists that um, was a actual talent. And talent in, in this day and age seems like it's a dime a dozen. But when you have somebody that can transcend certain boundaries and everybody tends to love, that's a hard thing to find. And he's one of those individuals that found it. Um, so this particular album was literally dedicated to uh, everything that was going on around him, the riots, um, all of uh, the prejudice, all of the, the the acts of violence between police and, and inner city and also inner city within itself. Um, and he literally went in and recorded this album um, to try to bring awareness to what's going on. Um, so um, Barry Gordy, <laughs> come to find out, actually said that it was the worst thing he had ever heard. Um, he actually thought the music was too loose, the lyrics are too political and gay counter. He said in the 70s, you had to be in our war. He said he was going up with poverty and, and systemic racism. Um, the environment was under threat. And even Elvis was singing protest songs, talking about in the ghetto, um, that 1969 song. I believe we brought that up in another uh, episode. But um, in all actuality, uh, it was literally just the anger and bitter that he was feeling amongst the nation and he tried to put it into the music so we could take it out of ourselves. Um, and subsequently, it was crazy because he actually died by the hands of his own father. Um, they actually had an argument within his house. His father was arguing with his mother constantly about this uh, particular insurance policy letter he was trying to find. Um, he had raised his voice. It sounded like he was going to get physical. Marvin had stepped in a couple of times. This time, him and Marvin got into an argument, got into an altercation. Marvin kicked him, beat him to the ground. His dad just went, uh, went back, grabbed the 38, came back in the room and shot Marvin twice because he had made open threats that if any of my kids tried to take me down, I would take them out. And that's exactly what he did. So, but this particular album came out at a time where it needed to come out. It was nine songs. It was 35 minutes, but it was some of the most influential 35 minutes that had ever come out of an artist, especially during that time frame. Um, I definitely love Marvin Gaye. I love everything about his music. I love all about his accolades. But this particular album is what I want to focus on. And my favorite song that's on this album is actually the last one. It's Inner City Blues. It's making me want to holler. And it's just, you can feel the pain inside of his voice when he's talking. You can feel the pain inside of his voice when he's singing. Like, some of these songs literally ran into each other because they were just continuations of the first, but all the messages were still the same. Why are, why are we hurting each other? Let's come together. Let's bring that all down. Like, what's really going on out here in the world? Why are we acting like this? Let's be better than this. And I'm pouring that to people out here now in this day and age. Let's be better than this. Let's be better than what we see on the news. Let's be better than what we see, you know, around our communities and around our environment. Music is a generational thing. Bill and Ted told us that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, music can save the world. So let's let the artist be the artist. Let's let the music be the music and let's let the music save the world. So I'm done with my free speech. What do y'all think about the album? Tell me what you, what you got into it. Are you going to jump in, Brandon? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So I'm going to jump in. Um, I've been lied to my entire life because <laughs> I listened to this album and I was like, damn, I totally had those songs wrong. Like 
I'll be honest. I've never listened to a Marvin Gaye album before, but I knew the, the two hit songs, right? Like what's going on and, and uh, Mercy, Mercy Me. I kind of assumed those songs were about something else. But after listening to this album, I like it's seriously, I feel like I've been lied to my whole life. Like those songs mean something different when you listen to the whole album, <laughs> you know, that they cut them and they make them radio hits and you think the song means something else. And you're like, no, that's not what the song's about. And you're like, yeah, it is amazing album. Uh, there Inner State Blues. I'm glad you brought that one up. That one felt like it could have been released in 2020. For real. It's like there's nothing in there that's not that wasn't true for 2020. That's, you know, that, yeah. that wasn't true back then. And that's that's the crazy thing. Like the messaging is on point And it's just crazy that, you know, this shit's still going on in a sense. But um, the, the problem is I can't I really can't pick a song. I mean, if I have to, you know, gun to the head, have to pick one. Uh, it just because the album as a whole, like you said, Especially that whole, I got. I assume side A ends with Mercy, Mercy Me. I'm not sure, but that that whole side A just runs into each other. I know there's that one gap, but like there are melody melody notes that just link all those songs together. And some of them, the song that I'm going to probably pick, like the end part has a good minute that leads into the next song, and like and it's on that track. So you're like, how do you pick it? Because he designed like the whole album is basically one song in a sense almost like, but um, if I had to pick one just because it's a different message and it just crazy to think about is save the children. Flowers won't grow. Flowers won't grow. No. Bells won't be ringing. Like that one is just like, cause yeah. It's kind of nihilistic because he's like, hey, the world's going to the world's going to die. You know, why are we doing all this? But it's kind of like it's crazy. But yeah, it's like it's it's kind of nihilistic. And it's kind of also like, you know, we're just killing the earth. <laughs> you know, we're just killing the future. Like, do you just want no plants to grow, no flowers? Like and, and that's basically. Yeah. So you can see it both ways. But yeah, that's a great pick for sure. So yeah, cool. first of all, like, what the hell? Why would somebody be sh- shooting Marvin Gaye? That is fucked up. Ah, man. <laughs> but aside from the fact that that happened, that's a tragedy. Rest in peace. You know, I'm, I've got a lot of lot of, lot of uh, uh, heroes that are, you know, they're not here with us now, but they left, left a mark, and that's cool. I mean, I want to leave a mark someday. I hope to. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, Mercy, Mercy Me is... That's my that's my pick for sure, and I like you know that line life ain't what it used to be. I mean that's what everybody says all the time. <laughs> it's always like a running statement because there's always something that's going to be undesirable with our surroundings, with politics, you know, with the world, with our small microcosms of our town we live in, city, whatever. You know, there's always something, and you can't escape it. I mean, it's just humanity. That's it's like the, the, I guess it's the drive to be better or to do something cooler. I don't really have that drive, but I like when things are going right and everybody's happy, you know, that kind of is where I'd like to stay. <laughs> 
unfortunately it just doesn't happen that way but i, I love the uh, the melodies and the you know the this the, the sounds of marvin gay such a nice time you know kick back vinyl <laughs> would be the best way to listen to marvin gay for sure i gotta get it uh a system where i can just kick back and i know brandon gave me a record player and i do have it i have used it um i am going to try to build on that so that'd be that would be nice to get a collection going and yeah i would love to have add marvin gay for sure man but yeah mercy oh mercy mercy me that's that's definitely my that's my pick for sure uh no it's not all that bad but shit it can be <laughs> i mean i, I just look at it this way like my my pops used to say all the time i brought you in this world i can take you out i used to think like yo they're scary because i was i'm scared of my pops i love my pops but i was scared of him because he was a big dude but i never thought he'd actually do it in the back of my head this dad actually did it like damn how old was his dad yeah shit his dad was gotta be like 57 almost 60 um Something like that. This is his namesake. Like, I, I know y'all have arguments and things of that nature, but damn, like, how do you take out your own son? Like, that's crazy. It'd be how even worse. Marvin... Oh, go ahead. Oh, God. Uh, how old was uh, Marvin Gaye again? Oh, uh, Marvin Gaye was, um, I want to say 47. Oh, uh, 47. Yeah. Bro, let me, let me, I want to say, don't, don't quote me on that just yet. I really want to say, um, because, I know he died. Yeah, he died September '84. Um, man, like literally. Sorry, that's just throwing me off. I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I just, but that was I was thinking about that. Like, where was he kind of in life, and you know, with your career? It seems like the age of so, like a a singer goes with their like how long they've been playing, and I guess I guess it paints a picture. Like, where were you at? I mean, honestly, like, you know, you was to, I believe his brother ran up, um, when he was, when he was, uh, dying and he was telling him, like, I have my run, everything's good, you know, I can't, I can't complain. I mean, you're talking about the Prince of Motown, the Prince of Soul, like, damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 44. Sorry. He was 44. He was 44. Oh, really? Jesus. Yeah. He was 44. And he I'm was 44. born April 2nd okay. of 1939. He died April 1st. Yeah, literally the day before his 45th birthday. The day before his 45th birthday, he got to argue with his father, and his father killed him. Like, damn. Oh, that's why I'm throwing off my math. Okay, gotcha. So, so. And his message of peace, you know, just, that's crazy, man. He was just trying so hard to spread that, spread love, you know? Yeah. Out of here. Would have been worse if your dad said, "I can take, like, I brought you in, I can take you out." You're like, "No, you won't." He's like, "Look up Marvin Gaye." <laughs> <laughs> if he had said that, I would have left the house at that point. Like, I don't trust you. I know you got a 38 or or a 357 or something around yeah. here somewhere. Nah, I'm not giving you that chance. Nah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, let me go check. It. Let me go get that album real quick. I'll be right back. Yo, <laughs> fucking book it. I'm gone. I'm I'm hopping on the first bus. I'm going down to my grandmother's house. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm just not going to be here. That's what's not going to happen. I was always more scared of my mom taking me out than my pops. Cause my mom had that temper. But I was just like, damn. Like when I read this story and and, and got behind the scenes of everything that was going on with it. Like I known he had died. 
I just did not know to the extent of how or why. And then when it actually came out as to why that situation happened, it was just like, damn, like it's unbelievable. It's 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 inconceivable that you being this big mega star, you taking care of your family and literally your family takes you out. Like who sees that? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and just chime in really quick. Um, I, you know, you guys have said a lot. I'm not sure what more I can add. Um, you know, I, I'm very familiar with Marvin Gaye. I've ha- heard this album before. I've heard other music by, by Marvin Gaye. Great album. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I love this, the, the, that sound from the seventies. Uh, he was definitely one of the best and, I, I just, I, I like how the songs bleed into one another. I think that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Taj brought that up, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just, it's such a great album and, and such a, a great message and, uh, just a, a phenomenal voice and gone too soon. But, uh, he definitely left his, his mark in the short time that he was here. And, um, yeah, um, if I had to pick, a favorite song, favorite track. It is pretty difficult. Like I, I could easily go with inner city blues. Mm-hmm. Um, I could also go with ride on. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of that song too, but I'm going to go boring here guys. And, uh, my favorite choice track is what's going on, man. So you can see. That's such a great song, and what a song to lead, like to start an album with. Um, I mean, there's a reason why it's a huge hit, and uh, it, I just think it's a phenomenal song. So I know this is really a, a very bland choice, but it's not a bland song. And oh, I know no, that's going on. Song, no, that was a great choice. That was a really yeah. good pick, dude. Hell of a choice. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, my so. whole album was <laughs> was the choice. So yeah, yeah. you got you got to hit this one big hit, dude. And yeah. then there's stuff I didn't like. I like Inner City Blues too. I think that's really cool. I like ho- Holy 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 Holy. Yep. It's got a nice calmness to it as well. It's a chill fucking album, man. Yeah. Wait, cool. It's good stuff. And, and plus, like, like you don't realize, like, on especially on what's going on, like, you don't realize how much the radio cut cuts out, like, unless you listen to the album. Right. And you're like. There's a lot there that got left on the cutting room floor, and you're like, and they did that on purpose. That was Barry Gordy. He he hated the album, but he was persuaded to put it out. But he put it out on his terms, mm. and on his terms was we we're gonna make this something that we could put out that's not gonna be too much of a blowback because he hated political statements. He hated it, and it wasn't until. Marvin put it in his face that people really need to hear this, that that's when he started giving into the situation, which is when temptations came out, you know, with the, you know, world of confusion and all on. It's like he, he had to allow that to happen because it was too much going on not to address it. Yeah. But th- that's what I'm saying. Like, it, and that's weird because like I said, those two songs, like for some reason, I always thought were ro- romance ballads. Like they're not. <laughs> and that's why like, it's crazy because I. It could be if you're talking about like you know we felt about you know just the uh, the issue on hand. You well, know? I mean, I mean, yeah, I get that too. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like a weird like it's not the romantic love; it's the agape love where it's like love for mankind, and, and so. But 
yeah, you know, yeah. But the radio hit, exactly. the radio cut of that kind of makes it more the romantic love. And that's what, for years, what I thought that song <laughs> yeah. was. What's, that's funny. What's yeah. going on was like, I thought, like, it's a, a pickup song. <laughs> that's what I thought that song was. And then you listen to to it without the other stuff. You're like, oh, shit. And especially when you listen to the whole album, you're like, that is not what this song is. This song is not a pickup song. <laughs> this song oh, is like, hey. That's funny, because I... <laughs> I always thought it was a political song. I think I've always seen it in, I don't know if it was on the wonder years or like, um, like some other shows that like were about war and or, you know, just about like politics and war. But that's, I, I guess I've always seen it portrayed that way, but I could see where you come from too. Yeah. If you didn't know what they yeah. were talking about. Plus if you heard it at an earlier age, you really didn't understand the gravity behind the situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For sure. So that, that definitely led to to a couple of, of things because like for the longest time, like I knew of Marvin Gaye because I had to clean up the house listening to it. But I never really understood like <laughs> what he was conveying and how he was conveying it. You know what I'm saying? So just just for going back and listening over to the album again in my adult yeah. life and understanding the gravity of the situation that's going on now as opposed to back then, yeah. it's like, OK, now nah, it makes total sense. I see exactly where he's coming from. It's like, wow. I feel like it was on the show China Beach. I don't know. Remember that show? I remember the the title of it. I don't remember the actual show itself. I mean, it's about I, like war. I brought it up a long time ago when I did a song from it or a song that was in the title. Remember? Mm-hmm. Now I remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the, the reflections of about. yeah. So. Yeah, that was definitely a, a, a interesting episode. Yeah, but I, I can't like picture the the actual show. Maybe. Oh, did I watch that show? You might have caught that. <laughs> might have. We probably all did at one point. Maybe you were cleaning the house. <laughs> I, I know I didn't watch it. <laughs> it was on primetime television on ABC. All right. So, all right. So, um, we have something. I mean, I would normally ask for homework, but I think somebody asked because their dog ate the homework or, or the dog's bringing the homework next week. But we have something special planned for next week, right? We do. Yeah. So we're going to change up the whole dynamic of the podcast. We're going to go back to um, not being a true crime podcast. <laughs> and uh, we're going to we're going we're gonna to liven the uh, the festive season by. Uh, well, should we go ahead and say I think we should. Right. Yeah. Because we want to cheer people up before they get off this this episode. <laughs> right, exactly. um, so next week's episode is actually we're all going to select one of our favorite Christmas albums. And we're all going to pick our favorite track from those Christmas albums. Um, so this should be a complete departure from what we just did here. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Unless someone has a very depressing Christmas album selected. Unless you pick the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I almost pick, I didn't pick it, but I, I could pick Buck Owens Christmas. That would like, there's at least four songs in there that have the word blue in it. <laughs> so, yeah. If that's as sad as we get, I think we'll be okay. I think yeah. so. But yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So that'll be the next episode. Uh, hope everyone's looking forward to that. Uh, before we go, Taj, if you have a, do you want to go ahead and say what you need to say? Sure thing. Uh, you can email us at uh, choicetracks at gmail.com. We end with a Z or find this on our website of choicetracks.com. 
again, also ends with a Z. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Dietrich. Uh, we're going to pick up the needle, but y'all keep spinning those choice tracks. A lot. I need- Without killing anybody. All right. I need a shot. Stay safe. You want a shot? <laughs> Orange trip? Hell, I need a whole bottle. <laughs> you got a bottle laying around. Let me, let me take a swig of that. Just give it to me. I'll pay you back.